Hey, welcome to Stay at Home Dad's podcast. Another lovely Friday morning as you guys listen to this. Thank you for tuning in to the place I talk about a lot of dad stuff as well as a lot of guy stuff. I really do appreciate it. I know I say that every single week, but just want you to know that I do. All right, so I just had a couple of points I wanted to make today. Nothing serious, just some observations, some uh, some irritations that I think some of you will be able to relate with. But anyways, buying and selling stuff online. Why in the hell does this have to be so damn difficult? Here's my first example. I have an old Chevy truck, my old 82. I've talked about it on this show before in its current disassembled state in my garage. Well, anyways, I finally found a guy that had this special part. I don't know if you remember I was talking about a special part. Well, I found a guy that had one. Well, I found him on Marketplace, probably one of the most scammed out places on earth, even worse than Craigslist these days. Ads all over the place selling stuff that is super cheap and you know it's a scam and you have to contact a Gmail account to get a hold of anybody. But anyways, yeah, this guy had this part. Okay, cool. So I asked him, can you send me a few photos of it so I can see the condition? Crickets. I don't hear anything from him. So a few days go by and he finally messages me and he says he forgot and that he will get it cleaned up and get it ready to ship out and I'll take some photos. Okay. I say, great. Send me a few photos when you get around to it. And by the way, I wasn't rushing. I wasn't uh, pushing on this guy. I was being pretty chill about this whole situation because I was not in a rush. A few more days go by and still nothing from this guy. So I message him again. I say, hey, how's it going? Here's my address so you can calculate the shipping and we can kind of get this ball rolling. Well, he finally gets back to me. He says he's boxed it up and it's it's ready to be shipped out and that he can probably get it out Monday, maybe Tuesday. All right, fine. At this point, I'm like, forget the photos, I guess. I didn't say anything to him. I was just kind of over it. I kind of just let it, you know, slide. I did PayPal him the money, all $141 of it. And then more days go by. And then, of course, I ask him again, hey, man, did you ship this thing? No, I had to work late. I haven't gotten around to it. Okay, still not a biggie. Remember, I'm not in a huge rush for this thing. Now it's Sunday, almost a week after he said he could ship it. So then I hit him up again. And then he tells me that he actually did ship it out the prior Thursday, the afternoon. So I'm like, okay, cool. It's on its way. Well, it finally shows up a few days later on like Tuesday now. It's been over a week late because of the Juneteenth holiday and, you know, all that stuff going on. So finally get it. Sweet. Let's uh, let's open it up. Let's make sure it's all the right one and everything else. So open it up. Good deal. It's it's correct. So I proceed to kind of check it out, clean it up, make sure it's all good to go. Make sure I'm not putting a dirty part on my truck. And what do I come across after I clean it? Cracks in it. Yes. In the same spots of the one that I'm trying to replace. That's the whole reason I'm trying to replace this piece is because it has cracks. And the one that I just spent $141 on has the same exact cracks. It's just freaking frustrating. Just due diligence, dude. Had he just cleaned it and took photos of it like I asked him to, we both would have totally avoided this whole sham damn scenario. And I would have moved on and tried to find a different one. I don't know, just frustrating. So the good news was, is he refunded all my money pretty quickly as well. And he said that I could just keep the part. So I ended up sending him 40 bucks, PayPal'd him just to kind of cover shipping and him somewhat wasting his time. I think that's kind of a fair deal, don't you think? So anyways, what would you have done in this situation? Did I handle that okay? 
I think the seller was a stand-up guy. I mean, he did take some time to ship it, but, you know, when there was an issue, he could have really kind of raked me over the coals and said it's an as-is purchase or he's not going to refund me or screwed me in some way. So I'm kind of thankful for that. All right, example two on this whole buying and selling thing, and that's with the selling aspect. Why do people ask if something is available or for sale, ask questions about it, especially when it's something super cheap or even free like I was listing, and then they proceed not to show up when you give them your address, they proceed not to message you anymore, they proceed to just nothing. That's it. They just ghost you. And that really pisses me off too. I was giving stuff away free on Marketplace, the most scammed place on earth, and people would message me if it was available, and then they would ask a couple questions, and then they were unsure if they even wanted it. And I'm, I'm just like, why did you even message me then about this? It's just another thing, another aspect that is so irritating to me. I'm actually selling some toddler little potty seeds that my kids don't use anymore since my kids are older. I have three of them listed for $10 for all three. Pretty cheap, right? One woman asked me how they fit on a toilet, so I sent her a photo. Ghosted, never, never responded to me again. Another person asked if I could use them, and I have no idea what you mean by that, sir, but uh, I'm not going to stick my ass on that tiny little seat and use it. I don't know what you're talking about. So moral of this whole rant and story is if you're a seller, take photos of your item, clean them up, act like you care just a little and if you're a buyer please message me or message anybody with intent to buy don't just blow smoke up someone's ass okay i'm done over that all right moving on so father's day was just last weekend i hope everyone had a great little day maybe great little weekend turned into a weekend mine was really nice my wife really did a lot for me she made me a nice amazing breakfast french toast bake eggs, bacon. It was a nice treat to break from my normal diet, I guess. Oh, and if you've never had a French toast bake, you're missing out. I'm just telling you, look up a recipe for French toast bake. You need to make one. They are pretty freaking amazing. Anyways, after breakfast, we we relaxed as a family, and then I went and played a round of golf with my buddy Corey. He's a, a good friend of mine. We have a par three course that we have access to, so we Went over there, cracked a couple N.A. beers in the afternoon. It was fun. Good conversation. He gave me some good golf tips, so I do appreciate that. That was pretty cool. And I'm not much of a golfer, but my wife and I have really been playing quite a bit lately. We're uh, actually in this little neighborhood golf contest that we play on this little par 3 course. And it's been a lot of fun. It's been a lot of great bonding time and fun time doing that with her. And we're not as bad as we thought we were either. We're actually doing okay. We're mid-pack. And it was, a, it was just a good day, and I'm really sorry for just reciting my whole Father's Day, but it was fun, and I hope your significant others did something equally as special for you. So after having such a great day with my family, I thought to myself, where did this holiday come from? How did it originate? When did it start? And kind of what about those people that may not have fathers or they don't have father figures in their lives? What about them? Well, I went on the old interwebs, and according to Britannica, credit for Father's Day is actually given to a woman named Sonora Smart Dodge. She's from Washington State. Her father was a Civil War vet and raised her and her siblings by himself after their mother died during childbirth. She had this idea in 1909 while listening to a sermon on Mother's Day, which was also just becoming established at the time. And it's celebrated in June because that was the birth month of her father. 
and it was first celebrated in 1910, and it became a national holiday in 1972 when Nixon signed it in as a national holiday. So we can thank a woman for giving us Father's Day. She was out there looking out for all the dads, doing a lot of work, and knew that they should be appreciated. So that's, uh, that's pretty cool. Now, speaking of having father figures around, it's a huge deal in kids' development. I actually just went and Googled fathers in kids' lives, and you'll get over billing results on Google as to why it's so important. I just read an article on fatherly.com. I've actually referenced their articles before on my show. I'll go ahead and link it in the description so you can read it for yourself like I always do. But they say, or actually Joshua Krish says, the author of this article, that when kids grow up with a present engaged father, they are less likely to drop out of school, wind up in jail, they tend to avoid high-risk behaviors, they're less likely to have sex at a young age, and they're more likely to have healthy, stable relationships. They also tend to have a higher IQ and will endure fewer physiological problems throughout their lives, all from having an engaged father figure in your life. That's pretty amazing. It's just, it's pretty crazy, right? That just having a person there and engaged and participating in a child's life has that big of an effect on it. And these benefits are called the father effect, which is just a term that they use for the benefits that a parent's presence gives kids. So just being around is one thing that is a step in the right direction, but being an engaged father is another thing. Marcy Carlson, who is a sociologist in this article, says that the quantity of the interaction doesn't really benefit the kids, but the quality does. Engaged parenting is what seems to be positively related to this. Sure, I mean, we can all sit around in silence watching the next hit Disney movie and not really engaging with our kids and just absorbed in a screen, but that's not really having the same impact on our children as reading to them, helping them do their homework, teaching them cool things, going outside and riding a bike together and exploring, stuff like that. Being compassionate, listening to them, these are all much more impactful things. The article goes on and actually has a section called, What is a good dad to a daughter? Well, I have two daughters, so I was, of course, quite intrigued as to what they say here. They say that the father effect is roughly the same for boys and girls until puberty. And then when hormones start roaring along here, girls that have an active parenting father tend to take fewer sexual risks when they have that strong relationship with their dads. Some past studies find a link between low quality fathering and daughters early and risky sexual behavior. I guess that's where the whole daddy issues, you know, we've all heard the daddy issue saying that's probably where that comes from. I can't believe I'm talking about this, but all I know is I don't want to have to deal with any teen mom situations with my kids, so hopefully I'm having a positive impact there anyways. They say engaged fathers with daughters really comes down to taking the time to listen to them, learn about their lives, show up for important events, and provide emotional support that helps them not go down the other path. So sounds pretty simple to me, right? And they talk about boys as well, of course. There's actually a book that they mention in here called Do Fathers Matter, which I actually want to kind of look it up and maybe read it. it. sounds like it might be a good read, even though I don't have boys. Well, they talk about research in that book that suggests that boys lean on their fathers more than anyone else as they develop social skills. So that's kind of a big deal there. So what can we kind of learn from this? Let's just try to be the best dads that we can be. Our kids are always watching. And what we do and what we say around them 
really does matter, really does have an effect on them. And if you don't have a father or you're raising kids without a positive father figure in their lives, then maybe you should look into finding a family member that can maybe fill that role or some sort of other father figure, maybe a group or an activity, a a sports coach or maybe even Big Brothers Big Sisters Foundation. I think that's still around. Doing one of those things will surely help get that father figure in your kid's life. And I actually know a girl, a friend of mine, who's a single mom. She's raising kids alone. The kids have no dad. There's no father figure around. And I can see issues there. Learning problems, social problems, possible anger issues, or issues with dealing with emotions with the children. And it's tough. And I really do think it boils down to not having that father figure around in the kids' lives. And I really want to do another show kind of diving into this subject a little bit more. I have a friend of mine that runs a nonprofit, and it's about fathers or fatherless families. So maybe I can get him in here to talk to me. And I kind of want to talk about masculinity and how that affects kids. So yeah, this is uh, just scratching the surface on this, really. I think there's a whole lot more here. I know masculinity has really been kind of vilified on social media, almost in the news and stuff like that. And I think it's something worth really talking about. But anyways, there's a lot of resources out there. And yes, Big Brothers, Big Sisters is still around. There may be a wait list, actually, to get your child enrolled, but it's 100% worth looking into. And I also believe that the YMCA has a mentoring program of some sort. Or maybe you could even find a church or, like I mentioned a minute ago, a, a sports team or, or something affiliated around a coach or something like that. And there's some good resources out there. All right, let's shift gears a bit here. I wanted to mention real quick that my birthday is coming up. So I don't know why you would care, but if you do and you want to send me something special, I'm just kidding. But actually, you could share this podcast with your friends, maybe share it on your social media. That would be pretty cool if you did that. But yes, I'm turning 40, which is crazy. I'm kind of freaking out a little bit. I'm hitting that big milestone, which sure, it's just a number, not a big deal. At least I'm trying to tell myself it's not a big deal, but... I don't know, should I be having a midlife crisis at any moment then? Or did I already have mine when I quit my job and decided to stay home with my kids? I don't think so. A midlife crisis, I think, is something you do when maybe you realize or you think that you haven't accomplished something or done something that you think you should have by a certain age. In some cases, that's buying a boat or a Harley or quitting your job to start your weird lifelong dream of running a food truck which actually running a food truck sounds kind of cool. But I think it's just that feeling of being unfulfilled and having that need to do that thing or buy that thing to catch you up to where you think you should be. Anyways, that's how I perceive a midlife crisis. So no, I don't think I'm having one. But turning 40 is somewhat of a big deal, don't you think? At least from a health perspective. So if I live until I'm 80, then that means half my life is over, which is kind of a little bit scary and maybe a little bit morbid, but it's the truth. And my grandfather actually lived until he's 92, so that's pretty good. But it does put some things into perspective for me. I'm at that age now where I think I really should be taking care of myself. Maybe get my blood work checked, get my cholesterol checked, and keep leading this somewhat healthy lifestyle that I try to lead. I've talked about it before. I exercise. I eat healthy for the most part. And I think turning 40 and the older I get... I think I need to do more in that aspect, and it's only going to get harder from this point out, so I better really get on this wagon now, right? And people always want the magic pill or the wizard wand or the hack, the the glamorous thing that makes getting in shape or changing your health a literal piece of cake. 
but it's not there. I'm, I'm going to tell you, despite what you read and see on social media and all that, it is, it's not there. There's nothing really amazing about it. And depending on where you want to go and what you want to do, it doesn't always mean 5,000 crunches or spending hours in a gym either. Sometimes there really isn't that much to it. Go ask people that have changed their lives. It's going to be really boring things like I stopped drinking soda or I make sure to get 10,000 steps on my smartwatch or I use a smaller plate during mealtime. And sure, there's other scenarios, but all I'm saying is it doesn't take much to get started. And like I said, the older we get, the harder it's going to be. So what is this 40-year birthday telling me? Well, it's going to tell it's telling me to stay healthy, to do my best to eat healthy, maybe sign up for that colonoscopy that I always hear is on my horizon now that I've hit this age. Sounds lovely. And also to remember that I'm not 22 years old anymore. To take care of my knees, take care of my back. It's a it's a great age to start paying someone else to do the heavy lifting. Don't you think? Would you agree with that? Or hanging those Christmas lights on your house. I actually went on my roof about two, three years ago, and it kind of scared me because one wrong move and I would have a broken back or a broken leg or whatever, and it would totally derail my whole family. But you get the idea. Actually, I'll probably do a show later, maybe this year, on a 40 for 40, 40 things for 40-year-old pluses or something kind of fun like that. But other than that, this is all I have for today's show of Stay at Home Dads podcast. I know it's kind of bounced all over the place, and it was a lot of storytelling but hopefully you enjoyed it. Let me know what you think. Leave a comment. Send me a DM. Can I say that? Or am I too old now to say send me a DM? Sounds like a young kid's game. Anyways, do you have any comments on what I talked about today? Do you have a father figure in your life? Or maybe you don't. Let me know. I would like to hear a different perspective for sure. Also, like I always say, please share this podcast with your friends. Maybe throw this up on your social media. Help me grow. I would really appreciate it. And don't forget to tell them that they can grab it on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, as well as Spotify. And you all have a great weekend and I'll talk to you next week.